hi guys welcome to metamorpho with dejawa how have you guys been what's been going on at your end how are you handling this pandemic season i hope you are staying active staying happy staying in touch with your friends and family and literally doing what you love doing just you know make time out for yourself and try to avoid the overwhelm and anyways i also wanted to thank every single one of y'all that has been listening to my podcast the first the second the third the whatever episode you'll be listening to i see you i'm happy that you're doing that it makes me happy <laughs> and i hope you keep listening and thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you so anyways today we have um i have three very inspiring ladies and we're going to be talking about leadership and you know shining your light in the workplace i'm trusting that you know they would um bring their a game and you know teach us you know how to do this thing you know how to be like christ how to ensure that you know our even our job is a form of worship to God and it's honorable unto God. And, you know, I'm hoping that you would be able to learn one or two things that would inspire you and make you, you know, just do things better at the workplace. So let's dive right into the conversation. See y'all. Hi, I'm Adeta Akiolu. I work with Special Olympics Nigeria. We deal with people that are intellectually disabled. I'm the manager mm-hmm. for human resources. Yeah, okay, nice. Nice, nice to have you here, Tyron. Thanks for joining. All right, good evening. Um, my name is Shade Nubi. I work for University of Lagos mm-hmm. as the principal environmental en- engineer. I'm an environmentalist. I'm in charge of um, environmental management for the University of Lagos, waste management, oh, recycling, nice. everything that has to do with the environment for the University of Lagos. All right, Nikia, do you want to introduce yourself as well? Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Adeni Kiyajivadi Azul. I work with Glasgow Smith Klein, Nigeria. I'm a medical representative. And what we do basically is to talk to healthcare professionals about our medications. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for joining in. Okay, so let's just dive right into the conversation. So um, the first question I actually had here was about purpose. And, you know, I realized that um, many Christians find it sort of a bit difficult to understand this purpose thing we almost feel like it's so spooky and we're looking for some sign on okay what should i be doing now but i realized that at the end of the day most times it's really about integrating you understanding that wherever like what you're doing at the moment your job is also part of your purpose so i just want to ask you guys like do you think that um one's job is indeed a component of your purpose or do you, do you think that your job is a bit separate from what you are called to do? And, you know, would you say you find meaning and purpose doing what you do at the moment? Let me start with Nike. Okay, so for me, I, I believe that your mm-hmm. whole life should be about your purpose. So, and I, I also know that mm-hmm. everyone's job is like an essential component of their lives. So I'm of the ideology that definitely your work should be part of your purpose because I feel if you wake up every morning and you don't have a reason to do what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you're actually going to be reasonable. Um, Miserable, sorry. Okay, so um, as a pharmacist, um, at a point in my life, Mm -hmm. when I was looking for a job and all of that, I had some options and I I felt like, okay, there were some things I said I was not going to do. And there were some things I felt, okay, I'm going to do this. But at the point, I, I felt the importance of being led. And I'm not trying to sound cliche, but I, I felt the importance of you know, talking to God about it and saying, okay, where do you think I should go to? What do you think I should do? So at every point in time, when I got called in for the interview, it, it was like, my conversations with God was okay. I didn't know if I was going to be called. I could not see the end from the beginning. But I had a sense of being led that, okay, do this, do that, um, call this person, talk to this person, find out about this, ask this question. So the journey for me was more like, okay, God was involved. 
of course. So it made me feel like I didn't just wake up to say, okay, I just wanted to work here. Or I didn't just wake up to say, okay, I just feel like doing this part of pharmacy. Or mm. I didn't just wake up to say, okay, I want to be this here. It was always like going to God to ask, okay, what do you think about this? What decision should I make? Do you think I should go on with this? Do you think I should stop this? So with that, I actually felt like God has been okay. with me every um, step of the way. I want to sit on that thing that you said because I realized that that's where... That's where many, like, I hear you, but I feel like that's where many Christians actually also struggle with, you know, hearing. So you see, like, a 35-year-old who is still a couch potato, who is still waiting to hear, and you're saying because you've not seen the sign. Because, you know, I realize that sometimes God cannot bless what you have not done. Do you understand what I mean? So sometimes I feel like we're, we're waiting for some grand, grandiose uh, idea of, you know, how God will show you that this is it. Just go. And, and at the end of the day, you see that you know, life just goes by and you've not really done much. because And that's the reason why most times you see people that are not even Christians yeah. and they are like yeah. at the forefront of where Christians should be leading, should be, you know, should be taking the forefront. But because we're waiting for some spooky sign, mm-hmm. we, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. do so less mm-hmm. with our time. You understand what I yeah. mean? So I hear you when you were saying about, like, you know, you were, of course, precept upon precept, you, you know, following yeah, the leadings of God and everything. But what do you think about, mm-hmm. like, the balance? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, for me, it was not, I like the fact where you mentioned about waiting for a sign and all of that. <laughs> so I, I'm always of the volition and I will always say that, okay, it's not like you wait to hear God, God will tell you to say, my daughter, take that job off. <laughs> for me, it was as simple as mm-hmm. having a conversation with a colleague. And I, I just kept saying, I, okay. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm made for this. I, I don't think I can try this. And she was just like, just go. And she just said, the way she just said, just go. I just felt like, it just felt, just go. So it wasn't like I had a dream. And in the dream, I said, I got came and said, oh yeah, you can mm-hmm. pack your things up and go for this interview. Because I remember when, when the, the mail came in on a Saturday and I kept mm-hmm. saying, ah, I don't think I ought to do this job. Oh. And the only thing that convinced mm-hmm. me was the fact that she just said, just go. And this friend, it's not like she was once, the cocoa person like that. I would say, oh, okay, God spoke through. She just said, just go. And I just thought, just go. So I feel we should not always um, wait on the signs that we know. God speaks in various ways. Mm-hmm. There are times that God can even be silent. But you will just know in your spirit that right, this is the right, next right. step to take. Okay. Let me go to Tyre. Yeah. Yes, I'll say, I'll say that. But actually, personally, I feel like when it comes to your career, your job, um, your purpose mm-hmm. is relative. Do you understand? People are motivated by different things. That's mm-hmm. why I feel, generally speaking. But personally, mm-hmm. yes, because um, I used to, I used to be a consultant, right? And I took a break. Mm-hmm. I was, I obviously I prayed about it, but this my this this job was, I feel like it was divinely orchestrated because, um. Mm-hmm. I wanted to always do something in the third sector. Third sector is like the developed sector, like NGOs and stuff like that. My organization is an NGO. Yeah. yeah. I wanted Mm -hmm. to specialize as well. Where where I was coming from, I was, I was, um, well, my core was HR, right? But I had knowledge in product management and other things. So I wanted wanted to specialize. And I wanted, I wanted the manager, the management title. And they were willing to wait for me as well. Funny enough, while I while I never accepted the, the job offer, mm-hmm. I had like three other organizations willing to pay more, trying to talk to mm-hmm. me. Like they couldn't understand why I was not coming to them. I just felt like no. Uh, on my birthday every year, I'm the kind of person that goes to orphanages. I like to help people. Do you understand? So I was just like for mm-hmm. me to actually um be in a job where I see the vulnerable and the less privileged every time I get to interact yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. It was just something that was very mm-hmm. personal to me, right? So at that point, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't about the money other companies were, were willing to pay me. It wasn't about anything. Even my, my former company, yeah. my partners there were willing to, they said to me that, hey, you know what, just come back and tell us how much you want us to pay you. But for me, like I'd gone mm-hmm. past all of that. For me, it was more of the purpose, mm-hmm. right? And what I was trying to achieve. Yeah. And I, in my head, I mm-hmm. gave myself um, a target that, you know what, I want to be in this sector for like three, four years. And I got to the mm-hmm. of, not like the of because I mean, I, met, I, I went through interviews. I you understand. 
But I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just everything. So for me, this in particular was, it was, it was led, right? But for, I mean, generally speaking, people are motivated by different things. So I don't know how it will come mm-hmm. into play mm-hmm. for, for people generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you, Tayo. So, and what I'm hearing from what you're saying is basically about, it's two things, actually. It's the fact that sometimes we actually start off not particularly connecting fully exactly, with our core. Exactly, exactly. You know, and at some point you transition into, okay, what really, what really exactly. makes me, what, what do I feel? Do you understand? Exactly. And I feel that at, that at that initiation, that beginning part, most many Christians are stuck in a place where they just want to want to immediately connect with their core. And I'm like, okay, we hear you that you want to connect with your core and you know the things that really move you. But there's also a place of I feel like God connects dots. And I feel exactly. like there's no experience that, there's no experience that is gone. And I feel yeah. like most times almost every single person when I talk to them had that journey where they literally almost tired of in is it that you like for example let me use medicine for me medicine is in a way where you your first almost like your first two years are literally planned by somebody else but not you because when you are done they expect you to do house job immediately we expect you to do nyc next and you must do it in a particular maybe um, health center or something something so it's almost as if you're just doing stuff that is not really that might not really be connected to your core but it's exactly. something that you have to do because you're on that path and exactly. I feel like many people struggle with accepting that it's okay for you to start off, like start off, start off doing something. Not everybody will be lucky to start off immediately doing like maybe for you now where you now are working in a place where you feel like you're doing what you really love doing. Not everybody will start off like start off at that place where you are able to start off immediately and you know, just enter into what you do. But being open enough to okay, I can do this first. Because I was going to ask you, like your first, your very first job, was it really your, was it really your ideal? Um, yeah, actually, to be honest, it was, yeah, it was, it was something, I mean, my first job, like, my first, um, my, what I would have wanted initially was to go straight into HR, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've always been in HR person, right? But this was consulting that had HR within it. So it gave me better do you understand? So it was good. I became someone that could do HR, project management, risk exactly. management, blah, blah, blah. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. however, what I feel these days, what I see, right, mm-hmm. with our millennials especially, mm-hmm. when get, we're not open-minded. Do you understand? We want to get to the top straight fast. Yes. Of mm-hmm. How we get there. We are not willing to climb climb the steps. Forgetting mm-hmm. that our parents, the, our people climb those steps. Yeah, they got there, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, and which, 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 where that, which is what makes it difficult to connect the dots. Do you understand? Because mm-hmm. we find so many people. I mean, I interview a lot of people, and sometimes I get mad, right? Like, like, are you really looking for a job, or do you just want to tick a box? Do you understand? <laughs> like, because I mean, are you just applying just because? Okay, you want to leave your house because clearly you cannot come to an interview not knowing about the organization you want to work with. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of our millennials just taking things for granted. They want to be rich. They want to... I don't I don't know what it is they're looking for, honestly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, honestly, because I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I, 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 completely, I completely hear you. Is that microwave behavior? That we just want to... Is that they just want to quickly connect that, ah, no, I'm not doing what I'm really... That's exactly. Like, exactly. Or they exactly. just really want to make the money. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day. Exactly. And heaven helps those who help themselves. So, mm-hmm. okay, so I think I will begin to say that um, the Bible says that whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with all diligence as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, I think for me, it's been that parable or that part of the Bible that I work with. Like, sometimes. You want to go to work, you don't feel like, but the word says, do it as all diligent as, as if you're doing it to God. So that drives you to ensure that whatever you're doing, you're doing it with your own might, your spirit, you're ensuring you are putting in your best because you know that it's not just about man, it's about God. So if you have that at the back of your mind, let's go back to the workplace. So for me, um, let me begin to say that my mom always says that 
uh, uh, finally now they're calling you an engineer. When I did, when I was going to enter University of Lagos as an undergraduate, I didn't have civil engineering at the back of my mind. Then it was computer science that was in vogue. And so everybody wanted to do computer science. And then after my P degree, I thought I was going to be shortlisted for computer, was it computer science or chemical engineering? All my friends got the chemical engineering except me. Yeah, it was chemical mm -hmm. engineering. Because I remember all my friends were in chemical engineering. I, said, I cried my eyes out. I felt so bad. They gave me civil engineering. I said, I've never heard that before in my life. What is civil? What do they do? But now, let me say like almost like saying, um, almost like 15 years down the line or 20 years down the line, I can actually say that there was a purpose. God saw the end from the beginning. He knew that he was arranging me for something. And so for me, now, most of my friends that did the chemical engineering are not even engineers anymore. I am a registered engineer and I'm still doing engineering. And now I'm into environment. And now I would say that beyond the fact that it was challenging, I stood there, I was there with the help of God, parents and friends were able to pass through. Now that I walk, the same thing happened. In the workplace, you also don't find it as interesting when you start. It's not like what you want. When I got, to, when I got my job first, was when I just finished my master's from the Netherlands. I was coming with so much energy. I want to change the world. I want to do this. But when I got there, the morale just went. <laughs> the, mo the morale just went and everything. And I was like, ah, now you are now in, a, you're in Nigeria, everything. So for me, I felt that, okay, what, what is next for me now is, okay, do this thing like you're doing it unto God. And really speaking, it got to a point that, okay, I began to motivate myself. I began to do it, enjoy it, wake up each morning, look for ideas to motivate my, oh, can we do this this way? Can we do it? And before you knew it, I was changing my department. I was changing my department. And then God really, you know, God will put you on the path where you want you to be. And today I can proudly say, like they cannot talk about the history of recycling or environment, investor of labor, mm -hmm. that my name is not mentioned. Because you're pioneers of that. So for me, I feel it's a process. Mm. It might not start out like the way you want it to be. Yeah. It might not begin the way you want it to be. But if you trust God enough that he's taking you on a journey, you will get there. He knows the end from the beginning. Because really speaking, if when everybody got, everybody got chemical engineering and I didn't get it, I felt bad. And then you were just, I went to lobby or do something. You probably would have been out of the purpose. Mm. But now I realize that I love doing what I'm doing. As in, it, I, I feel energized every morning to talk about waste management, talk about recycling, talk about the environment. It's me. I wake up about it and everything. So for me, I think it's a journey that the youth needs to be patient. And we cannot do it by the flesh. Let's mm -hmm. be realistic. Mm -hmm. You have to trust God for everything that you're actually doing all the way. You have to really believe that, okay, there is a higher force. And when you do that, it helps you make the journey more clear. Yeah. Okay, so I was the next question I was going to go to was actually said, which is about, you know, you becoming indispensable at your workplace. So I just want to ask um, you, yeah, how have you been able to create that, you know, that place where you are, that point where you are, you know, indispensable at your workplace, where they feel like, no, we can't send Tayo away. Because if we send Tayo away, there's this and this that is only Tayo that knows how to do well. You know, so how have you been able to create that for yourself? Let me start with Tayo. Okay. Okay. So personally speaking, I've always been a and I mean, so my, for my, so the people, like my team members or my subordinates, I've always been someone that, I've, I, I'm always someone that says, oh, you have to increase your visibility, increase your impact. Mm -hmm. You have to be a value add, right? Um, the kind of person that I'm just, I'm not just an HR manager. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in every other department in my organization, whether be be the people side or not. If the proposal team is mm -hmm. writing proposal, I'm there. If um, initiative team has something on the field, they can say, "Tayo, please come and talk to come mm -hmm. and talk on the field." I'm there. You understand? Just being able to spread your wings, not necessarily just yeah. um, being a one man mm -hmm. nation. So we have people in my organization that, like, for example, I can say maybe the account person in my organization. Mm -hmm. He's strictly 
the account person. It might be um, a nature of the kind of job it does. You understand? I have to concentrate. Mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. meticulous. I'm focusing on my work. But personally speaking, I, mm-hmm. I also feel like personality goes a long way as well. Like, there's not everybody that can be like that. But I think for you to be mm-hmm. almost indispensable, you have to always increase mm-hmm. your visibility. Like when you're not in the office, they're trying, even when you're on leave, they're trying to reach out to you and say, oh, Tyler, we miss you. You miss you because you're not here, right? Oh, okay, we know you're on leave, but can you mm-hmm. just look at this thing? You understand? I mean, I feel like it's just mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. things here and there. I don't think there's anything written by, by the books, to be honest. I don't think there's anything. Yeah. But personality mm-hmm. goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And then have, having it, being intentional at your workspace as well being intentional and know that yeah. okay you want to add value i mean as an then let me give an example my i'm a, as an ngo fundraising is a big part of our of, of what we do i'm yeah. my hr i'm not supposed mm-hmm. to deal with fundraising but i took it upon myself mm-hmm. i'm a management staff i must fundraise you understand <laughs> it's the part of me challenging myself to say you know what we, i must add practical value i'm hr so i'm mm-hmm. yeah, i'm an i'm a cost center my people spend money how am, I, how am I thinking of getting this money back into the organization's pocket? Like I, and whatever I do, I look at it as my own organization. So for me, my head, especially Olympics, is Tyre's organization. Yeah. When I was in EY, EY mm-hmm. was Tyre's organization, right? I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like that kind of mm-hmm. mindset, when you leave, it goes, it goes with you. The experience goes with you. The, that you, mm-hmm. You've kind of created a kind of mindset for yourself to know that whatever you lay your hands on, you're doing it as mm-hmm. your own thing. You're not working for anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's mm. just basically impact, visibility, so, and always mm-hmm. be willing to help, basically. Mm-hmm. So profound, like so, so profound, literally, like that, that part where you said, like, you know, taking the, like, taking the company like it's yours, like carrying it on your head as if it's my own company, is not, not something that we, we see quite often exactly. anymore. Like, exactly. people just People just do their stuff now. I'm like, I beg, no be Mickey, yeah. no be Mickey Jesus. No, at my office, I'm, I bought my offices. I bought my, I bought my organizations. They used to call me a workaholic. Sometimes they would abuse me. Tell you, I don't know the company. What's the problem? But in my head, I'm like, I'm not doing it for anybody. It's just a personal thing. Do you understand? Do you know that they're talking mm-hmm. to my husband? I've said, I've said, tell you, what is even my my brothers? Yeah, coming back at what time? Are you doing? Now? What's the problem? You're on the laptop twenty four seven. What's the problem? But I made perfection. Whatever you're doing, let them be a talk that let them know that oh Tayo has joined and Tayo has looked at it, right? And she's responsible for it mm-hmm. and it is done well. Do you understand? Like it is your own company. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I just operate, basically. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said something else as well, which was very profound about the fact of you know, you knowing you almost having like your um your expertise is beyond what you are employed for. Do you understand what I mean? Like being able to exactly. being able to add to in other things like you know being able to you're not just exactly. the you're not just the hr although there's a, there's a exactly although there's a there's a little bad bad side to it because then you, be, you might become a bit overwhemmed everybody coming to you to be seen or work exactly. with them or, you mm-hmm. understand so you also have to find that balance yes. you have your core by me you willing to assist mm-hmm. or you have to find that balance because as a human being, you tend to take up a lot of stuff and then you're overwhelmed and then it's affecting your core, your core yeah, function. Exactly. Because I, I was going to ask you, and even, even aside getting overwhelmed as well, even also invading into people's, people's um, yes. circle of, how do I put it now? Yeah, because there yes, are times that yes, it, yes. it looks like you're encroaching, you are, you are being in their space, like, exactly. hello, we know what we are doing, madam. Stay in your lane. Exactly. <laughs> so, your so that's where managing <laughs> relationships comes to play. You understand? That's where managing relationships come to mm-hmm. play. Like, oh, I'm willing to help. I'm not going to be fussy. Do you understand? I'm willing to help. I'm here. Yeah. And I mean, I think man- managing relationships goes a long way in organizations. I mean, when they know the kind of person you are, they'll they see, even when you're explaining to people that, oh, this is how to do it, you don't have to make them seem like, make it seem like they're dumb. You understand? So that is kind of little things. Mm-hmm. Approach goes a long way as mm-hmm. well. The way you talk to your fellow staff, your fellow colleagues, it goes a long way. So those are those are the kind of things that just yeah. all come up together as one. So good, so good. So for me, I, I believe it's the for me what works is the yearning to know more, the yearning to be more involved. So beyond the instructions you're giving, that okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. I think you want to find out. Why are we doing what we're doing? 
what's the end point? Like, if this was my own business, how would I make it work? So once, most times when I have that mindset, I, it makes me ask questions. At times, I come off as being too inquisitive. And like she said, I'm also learning to work on, you know, relationships, knowing when to talk, knowing when to keep quiet. Like I feel it's 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 a, mm-hmm. it's, a it's a very important skill knowing when it's to put, yeah it's a it's a skill because at times you might be misinterpreted you might be misconstrued you might be seen yeah. as being rebellious mm-hmm. while probably all you meant was just good so learning to know when to apply caution like okay this time just keep quiet do what you have to do and all of that so I've learned I've learned that a lot another thing I've also learned another thing that helps me is. I always ask for feedback. So there are some people that I trust what they say. And I'm very fine with being vulnerable. Like if I messed up, I need you to tell me that I messed up. And I would not, I would not find any fault with it because I respect them. I respect whatever they have to say. So I look up to these people and I'm like, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Do you think I should do this? So for me, it's all about cultivating the right relationships and also learning learning caution mm. right true Bin. and i like what you said about mm-hmm. you know the feedback because like that that's good as well when you when you have feedback and you work on the feedback it sort of like gives you more it gives you the edge to be able to do better and you know become more indispensable well for me i feel um, being indispensable comes with a lot of responsibilities and then a lot of growth you also have to build yourself you have to equip yourself and you also have to learn mm. to be able to um, be also not just taking the shine. Mm. You also have to be able to spread the shine. So that, that mm. is when you, are, you would, um, you know, you're, you, you've learned. And then what you do, you know what you're doing. That's when people can trust you enough to say, okay, we can trust that she will deliver. And over mm. time, you also have to deliver. And that's when people begin to say that, okay, this person, Oh, okay, when you give this person this job, you, you can be rest assured she will do it. Mm. So when they've given you one, mm. two, three trials, and then they know that when they give you a piece of work to do, you do it well. Everybody will know that, yeah, this person is this dependable. So that's that's my contribution. You have to put your heart to what you do. You have to develop yourself. You have to mm. grow. You have to learn for you to become indispensable. So um, I want us to talk about excellence in the workplace. And, you know, I've, I've seen situations where people that are meant to be, well, I keep using like meant to be Christians, meant to be, you know, children of God. And then you see them coming to work mm. at maybe to 10 when they are resumption time mm. with 8 o'clock. I never really understand all that stuff. And, you know, all those little, little details of you being, you know, exceptional, you being excellent in what you do. I just want to ask you guys, what's your take on, you know, excellence at the workplace and how do you portray that excellence spirit at your workplace? Let me start okay. with Taya. So for me, I, I'll always go back to say attitude is everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can, you can mm-hmm. train someone, you can train someone on technical skills, but I mean, mm-hmm. attitude to work, attitude to the way you treat your colleagues, the way you mm-hmm. talk to your subordinates is everything. So I think excellence at work is all-encompassing, right? Personally speaking, I'm yeah. someone that mm-hmm. when we, even when we don't have feedback session or reviews at work, I talk to my subordinates and I just say, guys, give me feedback. Oh. I want to know. Because I'm their boss, mm-hmm. they might not want to give me the feedback. So I say, you know what? Write something anonymous and drop it on my table. I, I will not be <laughs> asking. Do you I just want to know how I'm doing. Do you understand? I mean, because... Yeah. Mm, performance mm-hmm. um, feedback can, can be biased. I'm the one doing their yeah. appraisal. They might not want to give me the feedback they feel. Okay, I'm not at work. There's nobody there. There are no cameras. Just drop the notes on my table, right? <laughs> I don't need to know who wrote. I just want to know how I'm doing. And I'm very open to constructive criticism. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Some people are close to it, but I am open yeah. because I always want to be better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, the way I ask my subordinates and the way I ask my other bosses as well, Oh, I might. I don't wait till it's my feedback time. Our normal year end. I just, I can just walk into them. I want to talk to you. How am I doing today? Like, how am I doing for the past two months? How have I been at work? Right. And also, um, where where I was coming from, where I'm coming from, where I worked prior to now, my partners there, they're like my our my my daddy. So they were older people and they had a lot of experience to share. 
one of my partners left me with something. He always used to say that punctuality is everything. It tells a lot about your mm. character. It tells a lot mm-hmm. about the respect you have for people. It tells a lot about mm. your discipline. It tells a lot about how well you do wherever you are and whatever you do. Because I mean, when it even comes to delivering of work, delivering assignment, delivering tasks, it, it all boils down to punctuality. Mm-hmm. So you always used to say to us that you guys don't think punctuality is about coming to work early, right? And so when it comes to the mm-hmm. Christian life, I mm-hmm. don't understand. I mean, aside HR as a human being, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm someone that... I, I believe in being earlier than later. Like I'm always, I'm a planner, right? So mm. if I have an appointment for six, I'm up by four. Do you understand? I don't like, I mean, I hear excuses. Oh, there was traffic. There was, mm. I really don't believe in stuff like that, to be honest, personally speaking, because there's always room. We know our country. We know how things are. We know <laughs> what happens. We have appointments. I mean, if they say you should mm-hmm. go to the embassy for visa, we know how early you get there. So if mm-hmm. you're coming to work and you're saying, no, oh, there was one-offs are okay, but people take the pace. And I don't, I don't know if it's Christian-like. I don't think it's Christian-like to do such, but I don't know. At the end of the day, it's still based on people's personality. And so, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back to you, Tayo, because I'm still going to touch you at a point where you have to tell me, okay, what I think you're struggling with when it comes mm-hmm. to excellence in, at the workplace. Of there has course. to be a struggle. Everything cannot be boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so I'm still going to catch you because I was so, we are coming. I'm coming. Let me hear. Let me go to Nyanubi. Nyanubi, okay, we are with you. Okay, so. We're talking about excellence. Yeah. Um, I think I will say another thing also to say that you cannot be lukewarm. Mm. Is it that you are hot? you are cold mm. the bible says that if you are lukewarm the lord will spill you out of his mouth yeah. that's it now why wait now let me tell you the reason i'm saying that because if you don't have a basis for what you do you would never you would never be here mm-hmm. or there mm. you will just be following the crowd mm. that's the true so if you're told that mm. i cannot be cold and not be warm and you know it comes i will not say throughout my my almost 10 years working with investor of Lagos, I wasn't lukewarm at a point. Mm. But because I have my eyes to say that I cannot be, mm. this is not what they, this is not my target. Mm. I should be hot. Mm. So it gives you like a mm. you get. So when you're getting lukewarm, mm-hmm. you know that ah, I have to put myself on an electric gas to hot myself back. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. Really, for me, for excellence at work, you have to be able to discipline yourself because mm-hmm. there's a lot of distraction. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that at this, at everything I'm doing, there has to be that touch of excellence. Coming from, you're not late to work. When you're de- reading documents, you're sending in. I hate it when people send me mails and then you're seeing exactly. errors, spelling. You know, those people who send things as in, ah, sorry, I didn't know that. Uh, you know, and then giving them a job to do. They're not looking at it the second time. They just mm. expect you to, you know, dot their thing for them. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you have to get to that point where my people know that, ah, when she touches this thing, there's a difference. And my team knows. But for me, there's several things like I've been able to, so many collaborations I've been able to bring to the University of Lagos, not because of the fact that, oh, I'm supposed to, or it will add to my promotion. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But because I feel that, oh, I need to work with Coca-Cola to donate this for university because I have a goal. Mm-hmm. I've given myself targets and objectives mm-hmm. that I need to get to. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it, not because anybody's going to actually take it for me. But because I know that these are the things I've set myself to achieve. But for me, I think personally, mm-hmm. as a worker, you have your own set object, your own target, objective, goals, that you're writing, your milestones. And I, by the time you're achieving it, I have a book that I tick. Mm-hmm. Like, I write all the things I want to draw. Mm-hmm. Tick, 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 tick. Okay. I'm not saying it's going to be all rosy, like everything will fall in yeah. place, but please have a driving force. Mm-hmm. Have a driving force that is driving you, that this is the reason. I get what you're saying, especially the fact that you have to have like something, you have to have like your core and what, mm-hmm. why you are doing what you are doing, because that's what like brings you, that's like the compass that brings you back when you are like already, you're lagging behind. It brings you back to know that, okay, you need to step up. You need to step up. So I get that's so profound. Like you personally having your personal goals and you having something that is your own personal driving force. Thank you very much for that. Nikkei, okay, how about for you? For me, I, I feel like excellence starts with you as a person. It speaks to what they've, they've said already. Like if you are not self-driven, mm-hmm. 
if you if you're waiting for maybe your boss to push you or somebody to be on your neck every time, if you cannot find reasons to do what you're doing and to improve on those things. So for me, like I always have a a, a goal. I have a yearly goal, then I have a quarterly goal, then I'm like, okay, at the end of this time, I, I, I want to be this, or I want to have learned this. I want to, it's like, I have an end. I have what I'm looking at. I have a perspective of how I want to transform all the things I want to work on, even the negative things. So with that, I, I feel like if you're, not, if you're not driven by excellence as a person, you might not actually be able to, to pull it out from anywhere in your workplace. So it starts with your person. It starts okay. with your values. It starts with what with what you consider to be very important, or things you cannot you cannot you cannot joke with, or things you know that okay, I cannot compromise on these things. So I feel if if you're, if you're not self-driven mm-hmm. in terms of being better at what you do consistently, consistently, then you will not be able to translate that to your work. All right. So next one, um, I want us to go to like um, people that, you know, they are putting their all, they are excellent at what they are doing. Like they're doing all of this stuff that you are talking about, but mm-hmm. they're not getting the promotions. They're not getting the recognition and it's frustrating being in that place. Like, so have you ever been in such situations and how did you handle it? How did you, how did you change it? If it ever changed <laughs> or if you had to leave for it to change, like what exactly did you do to handle that, you know, not being recognized for the work you do? Let me start with um, engineer. Okay. Okay. So, if you work like okay, if you work um, in a private organization mm-hmm. when everybody called everybody by first name, oh Bob and all of that, maybe it might be easier. But if you work in a government prastata, whereby hierarchy is of importance, mm-hmm. even when you have brain, your brain has to be under your boss. It means that your whatever you are shining is the boss that is shining. So for me, over the years, what I did was. I was fulfilled mm. seeing what I proposed being executed. Whether it's the boss that is shining or not, I mean, I was okay because, you know, when you feel like you have a purpose mm. and you're achieving it, mm-hmm. you're just fine. And there is this happiness that just comes with it. Like, okay, it is this person's time. And this is how this mm-hmm. person wants it done. Mm-hmm. And with time, you know, sometimes it hurts you. Like, ah, ah, mm-hmm. but it was my idea now. Ah, ah, and this person was still in my idea. But what I realized is that there's a way that God orchestrates things. And then one day, let me give a typical example. You know, after all of the idea and all of that, one day we had a meeting and then it took me along. And then we're like, oh, Ejanobi, can you make a presentation of this? And that was it for me. After that day, everybody knew that this is the person behind it, but this is the brain behind it. And so you have to be patient. You have to mature. You have to grow. You know, you have to be able to say, this person... This person is not actually doing mm-hmm. me bad, but this person is wanting you to mature. So for me, I realized that what my boss was doing then was not that it was totally like stealing my, stealing, but it was mm-hmm. ma- making me grow. So now I have matured enough. I can face what comes with the glory, what comes with the fame, mm-hmm. what comes with all of those things. But if you're just mm-hmm. expecting them to just expose you like that, sometimes they mm-hmm. affect you too. So for me, I think patience. Even when you think it's not, oh, I'm not being recognized, just be a little patient. Mm-hmm. It would come. The recognition mm-hmm. will come. Okay. How about time? I totally agree, totally agree when you know, said, like, it will come. It will definitely come. And it's a, it's a growth process. It's a learning curve. Recognition always comes. So what happened to me while I'm at my place of work? Um, so I was the consultant. We have senior mm-hmm. consultants, managers, and all of that. I was the consultant on the job. I was the one doing everything. There was a day the manager was asked to present. She couldn't present mm-hmm. it. Luckily, I was in the I was at the that session. I don't know if it's that she didn't know or she did not understand. Mm-hmm. And the person just said, Tayo, come on board. And that was it. Since that day, they started taking me for um presentations and all of that. And everyone knew, even the clients would say, Okay, please, we need <laughs> then I was Babalola no Akiolu. We need Babalola on the job. Do you understand? And that was it. But I feel like just wait for <laughs> it. I'm not big on recognition because mm-hmm. I don't particularly be, like being in the limelight, to be honest. I, mm-hmm. I'm just fine doing it. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I get my performance thing that my things have been executed for far, just like I did a newbie said. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. It's okay. You understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's about mm-hmm. it for my end. Okay. So, like, both of you are literally saying that, you know, that personal yes. fulfillment is enough. And I hear you. 
But I want to speak for people that are not in that place of, okay, I will, yeah, okay, personal fulfillment, then and that one will pay my bill. Like, now we know that we are in an era where you need referrals, you need, like, you need those, you need those recognitions, you need those things for you to be able to, you know, move sometimes, like, if we are looking at it from the corporate world, and we're not just putting, we're not putting, oh, the spiritual, spiritual, and all of that, and fulfilled, and fulfilled. Let's talk about, let's go, let's go down to the nitty-gritty. <laughs> It's normal street life and the way people think. And that the that's the honest truth. People you need some of those recognitions, let's be honest. You need them sometimes because those are the things that literally bring in your next promotion. So for somebody that is not getting it, maybe Nikki, maybe you can touch on it stories. For people that okay, they are fulfilled with their like and maybe fulfillment I go chop. So what do you say to people like that where they just they are working so hard and there's nothing to show for it? And you know, it's easy for everybody mm-hmm. to be like, you know, personally fulfilled, especially mm-hmm. when you're already in maybe a top level, at least you're already in a managerial job or in a role that is already at least high. For people that have been some people have yeah. been in workplaces for maybe six yeah, years tired. and they are they are working their butts off for their their and exactly. So how do you how do you what do you say to people like that? Where it seems like I don't know what else to do. Like I just need to leave. Okay. So you for me, I would that? say that they need to work on relationships. It's something Kala Aris also always talks about. Okay. She talks about having a sponsor. Can you hear me? Okay, okay. So she talks about having yeah, a sponsor building quality. Okay. beyond that. I would, I would say build quality relationships, not because you want to um, mm. kiss people's ass or nothing. If you are good at what you do, like I said, your work will speak with you. But when you are good at what mm. you do and you do it with the right people, those people will speak for you. So you want to make sure that you have quality mm. relationships with mm-hmm. those people and not relationships of which, okay, you're always thinking, like, okay, what am I going to get from this person? What am I going to get? That's you need to offer yourself. I say, what can I do for you? How can mm. I help you? Do you have any challenge? Can I just, can, can I brainstorm on certain mm. things with you? It doesn't have to be official, you know, and when those people that are probably at mm. the table see that, oh, it looks like this person is good at all she's doing, you know, how come she's not being recognized? There will be an assignment or something mm-hmm. that the only name that will come to their head will be your name. And at that point, they're going to speak for you and you're going to get the recognition. So it's going to come with a lot of patience because you cannot force it. And also, it's going to come with a lot of, okay, how much investment have you put in mm. that relationship? And not even abusing the access you have to those people. Because that's what mistake uh, most of us in my own generation is that, okay, we feel like, okay, this person likes me, or then we start taking the person for granted. Or, we, or when the person gives you an assignment or calls you to order, you're like, mm. Is it not this person? No. You want to make sure that, okay, that respect is still there. And when you're called to do your work, you, you do your work excellently well. So there will be it. A time will come where there will be something that it is just you that, that can fix it. And at that point, you get the recognition that you've always looked for. And also, I would say for, for some people that that might not work for, I, I believe everybody has a career plan, like... Um, you, 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 okay, you're here now. There are reasons why you say that, okay, you want to move to this place or you want to move to this place, you want to move to this place. Beyond where you work, I think one very important thing is how are you developing yourself? How are you putting yourself out there to be recognized? So you, you can't always be hidden or you, you're scared to, to take up challenges and you always feel like, okay, the recognition will come, it will come, it will come. And some things you just have to step out your, of your comfort zone and you have to just do those things, not for the recognition, of course, for the work, but the recognition will then come alongside those things. Okay. So I hear you that you said that you know building relationships with the right yes. with the right yeah. people in the right of in the right place. Yeah, I hear you. And also, and one thing I actually even want to hold on to is that factor of you know mm-hmm. is literally building your own portfolio, like ensuring you are mm-hmm. and your self development is going on. So that even when the space mm-hmm. comes for you to we well, yeah, come and be recognized, yeah. you have the skill set and all the stuff that mm-hmm. needed for you to shine. You get and I think that that's actually very profound because many times people are yeah. only dependent on mm-hmm. what they are doing right mm-hmm. now for the company for the recognition. And sometimes it might mm-hmm. just be a an extra cost or something, or you know, mm-hmm. something else that pushes you, that gives you that edge. 
which so that's very good what you said is really really very good okay i want us to talk about um um dealing with conflicts or having difficult conversations at work have you ever had to you know stand up against someone or against even maybe a particular condition at work and how were you able to you know undo that situation okay i had an experience recently and i was almost depressed because i felt like okay, I don't always like to be in the limelight, but there are times I feel like, okay, you need to just say this thing or just, you know, let let someone know that, okay, this thing wasn't rightfully done and all of that. And, and that was what I mentioned earlier on, that there are times you need to learn how to be cautious or you need to think about, okay, if I say this thing, can it be misconstrued? Can I be misunderstood? So in terms of those, at times, for me, I'm, I'm a very mm-hmm. emotional person. So at times words get at me, but I'm also, le- I'm also learning to, you know, face it. So if I, if I, if I, if I, if I didn't do something well, just tell me. If I need to cry, I will cry. But I need to know that I didn't do that thing well. You cannot say that, okay, because you're trying to shield me. You will not tell me that, ah, okay, you messed up or, or you, this thing that you did was not right or you could have done it in a better way. So for me, I try to put my emotions aside, which is very hard. Know that when somebody is giving me not actually, they are not attacking my person. They are probably speaking to what I have done. And they are only tell, telling me to be a better person. So I've learned to dissociate my person from what I have done. So if I did something wrong, it does not mean I'm a stupid person. If I if 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 I didn't do something well, it does not mean I'm foolish. So recently, I had a conversation with someone, and I told the person, "Hi, I sent a message. I am I I did this and this and this, and I really need your honest feedback." So at that point, I knew I was one asking for the feedback, so I was ready to take whatever the person was going to say to me. So I was open-minded. I was not going to try to defend myself. And I was not going to, I was going to state the reasons or my, I was going to state my intentions, but I was not going to defend my actions. So usually, and I, for me, it was a difficult conversation for me because it was a feedback on something I felt I had done. So I, I just made sure I went there with an open mind. Okay, I want to hear your perspective because I respect you. And I, I was just, okay, I was not going to defend myself, but I was going to state my intentions rightly. And though some things were hard Pills to swallow, but I made sure that I still listened to the end. Mm, okay. Uh, um, about time. Um. So personally speaking, um, I've had a lot because I'm HR. Right? So I usually, <laughs> yeah, something, and and maybe because of my personality, I'm friends with everyone. Aside from friends with everyone, I'm also the voice of the top management. If you get what I mean. So when it comes to, mm-hmm. I've had issues. Apparently, there's one time I had to fire someone I liked, right? Wow. And it was, it took a lot because I didn't want, I mean, I didn't want, I didn't want it to happen. But the person messed up so much. I had to, I had to remove the sentiment from the actual thing that happened. Do you understand? I mean, mm-hmm. when you get your first one, your second one, your third one, like, even, even I, as part of my name, I can't even say anything about you anymore. Do you understand? But personally, mm-hmm. I like this person. It even got so bad that my husband said, Tayo, so you get, you're not going to call this person back. Beg your boss now. Do you understand? But I was just like, <laughs> it is what it is. Exactly. So stuff like that. For me, it comes to, when it comes to firing people, I'm not, I, I'm not very, it's very uncomfortable for me. And I don't know, but I mean, it's the job. It's the job. And so how have you, how have you handled that situation? Did you find yourself maybe apologizing in such situations? No. No, no. I was after. I'm sure after that conversation, the person probably felt, "Oh, this girl probably hates me," because I, I'm always a professional. I usually try to hide my um, my feelings and emotions. But it was my family and my friends. I knew, my God, guys, see what happened to you. My God, I'm so sorry. My friends were calling me, "Are you okay? Sorry, sorry." But in front of the person, you probably think, "Oh no," because I was very direct. Okay, you have to drop this. You have to do this. You have been fired. This is your letter. Blah blah blah. Straight to the point. If you have any questions, you'll be. Um, security will let you out, blah blah blah. But this is someone I liked, if you understand. <laughs> but I mean, in front of him, I had to, I had to do what I had to do. I couldn't apologize because I mean, you were not fired. Because if I, if we are fired, because you be misbehaved, I wasn't exactly. happy. So personally speaking, I told him on the side that oh, I'm not happy. I'm very mad at you for what you did. 
You understand? I'm not happy with mm-hmm. you. But when we're having the HR conversation as HR, um, this is it. I was very professional. And yeah, that's it. I mean, I feel we still talk. I still check up on him. Are you okay? I love that. Take care of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's at the end of the world. You meet people for a reason. But yeah. Um, yeah, like, sticking to that professionalism can be tough. Well, when, when you're really talking about conflict, maybe somebody really step on your toes. Let me give a typical example. When you work with people that are much older than you, and then they don't respect you, and then you guys are beginning to have conflicts, like, ah, I'm the boss here, can you remember? And then, you know, especially when you work with the civil service, civil service is really terrible. Because, you know, they expect that you're supposed to be the one to greet them. You're supposed to be able to do this for them. It just can be very bad. But I think I realized something that has helped me. Mm. One thing is empathy. Two things. Another thing is also the fact that they should know who you are. And they should know you're standing some things. So for me, like my colleague, we are very close. And there was a time there was some funny things that happened at work. Okay, so maybe some project that was supposed to be mine was given to him to handle. You know what I did? I called him to my office, locked the door, sit down. Oh, yeah, bros, what's happening? Can we discuss this matter? And then, you know, some of the things I was assuming in my mind, that ah, he explained, it's not my fault, this is what is happening, and all of that. So for me, I think it's also very important sometimes to take some time out, breathe. And then whoever it is that you're having a conflict with or you're not sure of, call the person in question and ask questions. So that whatever your decision was going to be, it's not going to be on assumptions. And so by the time we had that conversation, I realized that, okay, I think I assumed a bit and all of that. I felt relieved. It wasn't as if the issue was resolved, but I felt relieved with him. Like, this is personally yeah. not the problem. Mm-hmm. Do you get? So things like that happen. And then also, sometimes you overlook. As a leader, sometimes there's some things that you have to overlook. Just, it's not like you didn't see, you saw it, but just overlook it. Okay.